Unbelievable knockout. Can you believe it? Good, good morning. morning, good afternoon. afternoon, wherever you are, you're listening to the Mo, the Mo and Joe's Sports Podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. Hi everyone and welcome to the Mo and Joe Sports Podcast. This episode is another little special treat for you all. Since we did a preview of all of the European finals that have happened over the weekend, we thought we'd do a little review of the games, our predictions and how wrong we were, Martin. I thought we were, we were down strong for this. I thought we were going to smash it because it just seems so obvious. But obviously football is a sport we both know well and we should have known that whatever you expect, the exact opposite is going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. And the exact opposite did indeed happen. We predicted one game was going to be an absolute goal fest. We predicted the other was possibly going to be a little bit slower. And yeah, we did speak about some of the players that definitely shone in the games for sure. But I think we can openly admit the Champions League final is one of those games where you really never know what's going to happen. I I was sitting there thinking, is this going to be three two Bayern three one Bayern? Is it going to be a five three game? But it turns out it was one now, <laughs> which is a bit crazy. So if you gave me like ten opportunities to put ten bets on the correct score, one now would not have been anywhere near there. And speaking of bets, we watched the game uh, together over like a call essentially. And you did have a few bets on. Did any of them come through? Absolutely none of them. Not even close. <laughs> um, had both teams to score, as well as other stuff on a group bet. And had both teams to score in the first half. Obviously, it was nil-nil. Yeah, it was an all-round bad day for my bank account. That's why you should always bet responsibly and not bet with Martin. <laughs> exactly. My tips <laughs> are horrible. So I think the... Best place to start off with would be arguably the bigger game of the two, which was the Champions League final, which we have just finished watching, and ended 1-0 to Bayern Munich against Paris Saint-Germain. What do you think of the game? you have, have any takeaways you saw from that? Yeah, so um, just kind of watching highlights to now at the end of the game, it was, as we were saying, they're not sort of what we were expecting, not really what we're supposed to look up to. I expected more goals, and it just didn't happen. I am a little bit disappointed, but as we'll come on to later, the Inter Milan Sevilla game kind of went opposite way. So between the two games, they were both good games to watch for finals anyway. Especially for finals in the environment we have football in just now. The one benefit I suppose you can have, mate, is you were right on the preview. You said that Bayern Munich were going to win. They did indeed win. I was wrong. My prediction that Paris Saint-Germain would score any goals was incorrect and which is weird because I would say they looked arguably depending on how you look at it I suppose they did look possibly like more of an attacking threat I'd say in the first half than in the second half yeah I would I would agree in the second half PSG sort of came into it towards the last 10 minutes which you sort, you sort of expect it. it's a final so they're just going to uh, Bayern Munich is going to sit back for a bit but yeah it, did, it was sort of a tale of two halves anyway especially when Bayern went, went in front and it just sort of changes the game as you'd expect yeah, they went in front from a headed goal from quite a short player in the team in Kingsley Coleman. That was a bit unexpected, right? Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say that he is the smallest because I don't know people's heights, but surely he's certainly one of the smallest. So to get a header at the back post where I think possibly I said to you during the game that the full-back seemed to just be focused on Lewandowski, which is 
fair enough, but somebody needs to pick up that guy at the back post. I've just brought up here, he's he's 5'10", so he's not super short, but compared to the defenders we had on the pitch, he was a bit smaller than them, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think so, anyway. Like, compared, and, compared to, like, um, Boateng and who came off and then uh, Sulu or Sula, um, yeah, they're man mountains, pretty much. One thing that surprised me is we didn't really see a lot of Robert Lewandowski, who we've seen an absolute ton of in, like, the domestic season for Bayern Munich and also their European campaign. Did his performance surprise you at all? See, I think I need to take responsibility for this um, because it must be every time I watch Robert Lewandowski play, he just doesn't want to give his all because Robert Lewandowski is a fantastic player. I know he is, but every time I watch him, he's not very good. And I know that sounds daft, but I think I watched him twice throughout lockdown when they became fairly only league playing. And I just... the games that I watched it just wasn't outstanding like he had he didn't score or anything so I think I take full responsibility for that Jordan don't you worry yourself because <laughs> I should have known I should have put all my money on Robert Lewandowski not to score and I probably would have been a millionaire because if anybody else was going to put money on someone to score it would have been Robert Lewandowski but hey I was a little bit surprised that he did and he was quite quiet throughout the whole game like you said but Bayern Munich's one of these teams where if you keep one guy quiet then you've got the rest of the squad to worry about as well. Yeah, and I think PSG did an exceptional job of that. We saw them neutralise the attacks quite often, like where we, I would expect them to have been overloaded in the midfield. They looked quite competent, and they were able to actually manage the ball quite well on the like, o- like offence and defence, given the intensity in which Bayern Munich play the ball, which was probably the most interesting thing for me to see, was arguably the more talented team in Bayern Munich not being able to get a lot off from PSG, which was probably the best part of the game. It wasn't really easy to tell who was going to win, even up until the final whistle. Like we saw the last 10 minutes or so of the game, PSG really give it their all, and they had some excellent opportunities to score. And unfortunately, Mbappe, Moting, and Neymar just couldn't get it off for them. Yeah, I mean, the game was very even, in my opinion. I mean, I'm just looking at the stats here. You've got Shots on goal, PSG had three to Bayern's two. Shots off goal, you've got Bayern Munich's five to PSG's two. Corners were the same. Offsides were two to one. Throw-ins were 24 to 27. So, so pretty much in, in all aspects, even in scoreline, the one thing that matters, Bayern Munich won now. And also possession, Bayern Munich dominated possession way through it, but PSG were quite happy to play on the, on, on the break and probably had the better chances in my opinion, for scoring goals as well. So. Yeah, I think there was certainly opportunities on PSG's part to score some goals, and as these finals go, sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't, and for PSG's first final, they didn't play it bad by any accounts, but I do think the depth of talent that PSG have is not as much as Bayern Munich had from like front to back. You could see that throughout the game, the defence started to slowly make mistakes, which eventually led up to the goal, which really... I think nine times out of ten probably wouldn't have been a goal. I mean, Kingsley Coleman is a fantastic player, but one, he should never have been allowed to have taken that shot in the first place, and then two, the keeper should never have let it go in. Yeah, it was it was, it was was definitely one of those things where you don't expect to see a goal like that in the final. These are the best attackers, best defenders, best midfielders in the world right now, and you don't expect a defender to be making a mistake of just leaving someone completely free at the back post. It's a strange one anyway. But I do have a question for you, Jordan, okay? Between these mm-hmm. these two teams, do you see any of them able to come back and be into the final next season or even win it? I would quite like to say no, 
as we've probably seen with the format that we've had, at least with the Champions League, be to the favour of these teams. Bayern Munich, for instance, of course, absolutely smashing Barcelona. So I don't know if that's indicative of what's to come for them. PSG, somewhat fortunate with the the teams they got and the talent they currently have, I think, to get through to the final. But given that the Champions League is now well, well, just a little under a year away now for the next final, I'd hope to see Liverpool there. Of course I would. Um, I would maybe say we'd maybe see Real Madrid in the position to do that. Possibly again RB Leipzig, Manchester City, even possibly Chelsea. So there's lots of teams that could compete for that final. I don't think these two will be in the final together. Maybe Bayern, but I don't know. What about you? I would like to think that Bayern do seem like a strong team and we're only really going to get better. You've got Sani coming in as well next season. They're probably going to bring some more big names. Lewandowski will stay. So I think this team's only going to get better. I wouldn't be surprised to see them there. But this is the thing about the Champions League though, is especially if I think what every football fan wants is for these two-legged fixtures after the group stages just to go away. Just the one-legged fixtures has made the competition just so much easier to walk. I understand why it'll go back to two because like obviously it's more money involved. I think with, if they change it to one-legged, then you've got literally no idea who's going to win because it just makes it so much more open and so much better for us as fans, but better for smaller teams like Leipzig and Lyon as well. So I don't know if these two will be back. Between the two of them, I'd say Bayern would be, but that's why I love this competition because you just never know. You just never know and we could see uh, another strange season next season, possibly the one-off games. We don't know which teams are going to turn up yet as none of the real contender leagues have really started up back yet. So, of course, we have like the Premier League due to come back, La Liga, everything like that, kind of all starting to have the murmurs of getting back into it. And we'll just have to wait and see. Like, as I say, Chelsea, I think Chelsea are a real threat. They've obviously brought in Timo Werner and they've got some other rumour players and they've already got a talented squad. So, we'd, we'd never know. I suppose it's so... Let's have something that we can look back on, okay? <laughs> Minus Liverpool, because I'm getting sick of you talking about them. Who's going to win okay. the Champions League next season? Our way too early prediction, who's going to win it? Our way too early prediction of who is going to win it. Over two legs, Real Madrid. Over one leg, I'd say possibly Bayern Munich again. Oh, I like it. I like it. I would say, I would probably say the same. It seems to be the past like three years that um, I keep sort of putting my pride on the line and saying Barca are going to come back and win it. But I feel like they're just dead and gone. I don't think they're winning this again anytime soon. So I quite like the idea of Real Madrid. I think, see the fact that there was no English teams after the semi. Is that a change? We had we, we went through a period of not having English teams pass the semis for like three or four years. Maybe like three or four years ago. So I don't know if this is maybe a new circle going around where it might be another three or four years before we see an English team in the final or semi-final but I quite like the idea of like a Real Madrid winning it again Absolutely and we'll just have to wait and see again we have to really have to wait and see with all of this, like it depends what kind of season we have, of course with the Champions League and Europa League uh, which we'll get onto in a second Like we also have to think about the Euros that are coming up pretty soon and then shortly after that the World Cup are players going to be a bit more cautious next season? So are we going to see some unexpected results since they're trying to secure international football? It is really just an exciting time to be a football fan, at least, because anything could happen. 
It's a very valid point when it comes to fixture congestion. I hadn't really thought of that to be honest with you because when you get to the semi-finals and finals, it's like is it like the start of June, right? Is is when like the finals are end of May, start of June. Yeah, usually. So, and then the Euros will start a couple of weeks after that. So, yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point. That's again, it could make him. Like you say, like like a Leicester season for maybe like say Valencia or something comes up through Spain. Like you, like you just never know. This is the the year to prove yourself, really. Uh, absolutely, and of course, like the teams we mentioned there, the competition that they'll most likely be fighting for is going to be the Europa League, which on Friday night we saw the final between Sevilla and Inter Milan. Did you manage to catch this game, mate? I did indeed, and. Yeah. As mentioned before, it was massive surprise. You didn't expect for it to go the way that it did. How did you find it? Well, I absolutely loved it, to be honest. I think this is the, the final we had hoped the Champions League was going to be. Yeah. Oddly enough, it was a game that had so much atmosphere without fans. Like You could just tell like the players were on edge, especially after what had happened towards the end um, with Lukaku's own goal. Like, that really did change the tone, I think, and... We saw Sevilla come out three two, and just prove that this is their cup, like we said it would be. Yeah, or like I said it would be. At least. Yeah, it was just tasty. Like there was some hard tackles going in, some weird diving and ducking with players, some asking for other players to get carded and stuff. It had a feeling of like a a massive game. Like sometimes finals can be very very boring, and it's just sort of like everyone's scared to make a mistake but after that early goal that early penalty by Lukaku it just I feel like it's just something that you need to happen in a game like this because it opens it right up I think it was it was, it was everything we wanted in that game plus more uh, absolutely and players that we had mentioned last week for instance you had mentioned Luke de Jong like scoring two goals in the first half for Sevilla it really did change the mood of the game it, it did change the mood of the game this is the Luke de Jong I thought was the Ajax de Jong, which I got mixed up about. So I'm glad the commentators got that in early so that I knew what was happening. But um, yeah. but yeah, so previously Newcastle, PSV, Luke de Jong. Not the fantastic Ajax player from the year before. But yeah, I was... The, the commentators saying about how his stats were very... were rubbish for goal scoring. Some people were amazed to actually see him on the pitch rather than on the bench from where he started. I think as well, there was just a ton of surprises for me like in the lineup. For instance, we we didn't see Alexis Sanchez or Christian Eriksen or even Victor Moses like come on until like very, very late in the game, which I, I personally think was a really bad mistake on Antonio Conte's part. I think when you have players like that on the bench, like of course there was a lot more players that he could have brought on but these are like three big names that have recently made the switch over from the Premier League. So, And they didn't really play the game. I was quite surprised to see that. From what I can see here, Jordan, it looks like those three players you mentioned there, and Sanchez, Eriksen and Moses, they've not played. They've not started in the Inter team at all since the breaks coming back from Europa League. So maybe they just don't, the manager just doesn't like them, doesn't like what they've been up to. Possibly, but then I would then argue that why did he consider to bring them on from the bench that he did have? Like They're obviously players that can make a difference and probably should have made a difference, I think. If you give players like Christian Eriksen and Alexis Sanchez enough time on the pitch, we've seen in the Premier League before, they can produce. They are good players at the end of the day. And compared to the Sevilla team, they are arguably 
more world class, maybe. I don't know if that's being too generous. I feel like people are guilty of this and have their like Premier League hat on, whereas because Premier League's seen as this amazing league, that means that they're all so much better than every other player. But I don't know, like Christian Eriksen, it's his first season. Like he maybe needs some getting used to. Maybe COVID didn't help him. Bringing him on on like the 80th minute when really it probably should have been earlier. It's probably another point to make as well. Yeah. So what I want to ask you, mate, is because of where they finished in the league and, of course, with Sevilla winning the title, we're both going to see them in the Champions League next season. Do you feel that either of them are going to do anything substantial in the Champions League? If I was Sevilla, I would purposely aim for Europa League since they just seem to absolutely smash this most seasons. I, I don't know. Um, I think Inter has a more... I've, I think players would have more desire to sign for Inter than they would Sevilla because you've got more chance of winning stuff for Inter. In my opinion, like they were quite close to winning the league. Sevilla is never going to win La Liga. Like I can guarantee that that's never going to happen Like anytime soon. Whereas that Inter-Juve gap is pretty small. So I think maybe people would be inclined to go to Inter than Sevilla so they can attract the bigger players, possibly do better in the Champions League. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way and they both bail out if they get like a bad group. What's what's your opinion mm-hmm. on that? For me, I kind of agree with the Sevilla part. I, I don't I don't think they'll purposely do it. I just don't think they have the level of players there quite yet to challenge in the Champions League beyond the group stages. Possibly even in the group stages, depending on the group that they're handed. And I think that maybe benefits them with the Europa League. They have less competition that allows them to compete a little bit more within La Liga and secure like the top four, kind of top five positions that they've gone for the last couple of years. With Inter Milan, though, this is a team that really needs a cup win. They're really stretching it now. I think this will be going into the 10th season where they haven't won a major trophy. And this is Inter Milan. As a football fan, that name holds a lot of prestige. So Inter Milan really need to be focusing on the Champions League next season. And if not, if they don't, say, get handed a generous group, they really need to be focused on beating Juventus. They were one point away from it this season. A long Champions League campaign might not be what they want to challenge Juve. And on the other hand of that, though, is if Juve just run away with it again, do you want to go for that Champions League as far as you can go? So it's one of those ones that can go either way, for Inter Milan at least. With Sevilla, I think they've maybe found their level. They are Europa League dominators, but possibly minnows when it comes to the Champions League. So do you think that uh, this season is a success for Inter Milan? Is it, is it classless? Like, I personally think so, but I'd, but I'd like to know your opinion on it. I think yes and no, uh, ever the uh, diplomat that I am. Because what we've seen Inter Milan become this season is nearly men on more than one occasion. This is probably a good sign for the team in terms of they're almost there. They're almost back to where they used to be. But they're so close. And even with as much as they've tried, they've brought in Antonio Conte. They've brought in some massive players. Of course, Romelu Lukaku being one of them and what an impact he's made. But then we've seen teams like Atalanta and Lazio not that far behind them domestically. Atalanta weren't even that much farther behind in the Champions League. So it's one of those things like... Is this a sign that Inter Milan are doing better, are improved? Yes, but at the same time, I don't think they've improved enough. I don't think it's a good enough season for them based on the promise that they had at the start. 
So you're yes and no. I would probably lean more to no at the moment. I think if you're an Inter Milan fan, you're happy you challenged Juve pretty much until the final day and that you got to a European final, something that Juventus haven't done this season. So, yeah, you're probably quite happy with that. But speaking as a fan of a team that was nearly men for the longest time, eventually it gets old. And I think you need to really be seeing a lot of ambition from that team going forward. So it really is on Inter Milan next season to pull up all the stops to get victory, whether that's in the Champions, Europa League, whichever one it is. And also domestically, they need to be challenging domestically now. Okay, so I've got one more question for you, okay? And and I reckon it's quite a hard one. What is more successful, okay? So if you get, so say you win the Europa League, right? What is that the equivalent of the Champions League? Like in terms of success, so is maybe is getting to the Champions League semi final is that on par with winning the Europa League? Does it depend on the size of the club, etc., or is just winning the Europa League second to Champions League final? Yeah, so of course the Europa League is second to the Champions League final. I think in any respect, being a, a finalist, whether you win or lose, is something that will stay with you as a fan, as a player forever I imagine like getting to play in such a big game I imagine it's a bigger spectacle when you have fans in terms of like where does it sit in terms of achieving like getting to a semi-final or a quarter-final I think that's a bit unfair on the trophy I think it depends on the team so for a team like Sevilla at the moment this is probably the best they can hope for and really is more than they probably could have imagined at the start of the season although they have now won it a record six times which is fantastic for them. It depends where their level is. I think, say, for instance, for us domestically, we have Rangers and Celtic who compete, try to compete at least, most likely end up in the Europa League. I think they would take a Europa League victory in terms of like winning the whole thing over a quarter-final, semi-final, or even a final of a Champions League. I think, as a team, you need that trophy because at the end of the day, as I say, being nearly men, is good for a short period of time because you know you're almost there, but if it goes on for too long, it's not a good thing. So, in terms of levels, you've got the Champions League winner, Europa League winner, and then like second places. Is that how how you see it? Yeah, I'd probably say so. What about you? What are you thinking? See, so for me, it does depend on the size of the club. Like, for example, PSG more of an achievement for them to get to like the semi-final slash final of the Champions League than to win the Europa League. Like, for a massive club like PSG who are looking to win the Champions League, like, same with, like, um, like with Matt, like, just the huge clubs like Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Ma- maybe not Man U, um, but, like, these huge clubs to get to the, like, final of a Champions League is bigger than winning the Europa League, in my opinion. That's how I would see it, anyway. I think we're both right and both have valid points there like it depends really as we say who you are what kind of club you are like for instance if we had like AC Milan in the Europa League final I'm sure they'd take that over any place in the Champions League final right now that's true that's true I'd I'd, I'd give you that going forward what this has shown me at least is maybe it's giving me a bit more respect for the Europa League than it wasn't there before because it does really feel like the the League Cup equivalent of the Champions League, which I think is a bit of an unfair comparison given the games that we've seen. And uh, I I don't know about you, like, will you actively watch the Europa League next season? I mean, I don't actively go out my way and watch the Europa League, unless, like, say, for example, it's a day off or I'm not doing something, then I'll watch it. 
whereas I specifically like sit down with like a pizza or something and put my bets on for the Champions League. I don't do that for Europa League. I just watch it if it's on. So I kind of get it. But the the thing is, like, see see the worst of the worst Champions League game would be maybe like an Ajax against I don't know, like a Celtic, for example. Like, it's still quite a good game. Whereas if you get the worst of the worst game in the Europa League, it's like two teams that I can probably guarantee that most people haven't heard of at all. So the Europa League only really gets interesting like in the knockout stages where you see the Champions League teams come down. There's always a big name in there somewhere that you think, right, well, they're winning it. So that's when it gets interesting to me. Does, yeah. is, is, is that the same for you? I, I'd probably say about so, yeah. Um, one thing I do want to throw to you, which was the better game? Oh, the Inter Milan Sevilla game. is. Which was strange because it's we we would not I would not have predicted we would be saying that right now, but just because there there was more goals, some controversy, it was it was just just an all round, and the Lukaku goals we 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 didn't go into that too much, but that one goal that he scored, like it's just like a striker's touch he's done, like it's almost instinct where the balls came to me, just stuck a leg out, like just don't touch the ball, and you could have won that. It's a strange one. Are you under the same impression? Are you the Europa League final was better? Absolutely, mate. I think the Europa League was miles better than the Champions League final this season and probably last season's Champions League final as well in terms of the quality of the game. I think that just proves to us, though, that football is one of those sports, isn't it? You really never know what you're going to get at any level. You can have good games, whether it's the Champions League or the Europa League or whether it's the Premier League or the MLS. That's very true. So I'm I'm, I'm going to hit this back to you. The format of the European club competitions okay so the Europa League the Champions League not just the single legs okay but I like the idea of a sort of bubble what they've done like just to sort of keep it like this so maybe even once you hit the quarterfinals I like the idea of maybe like waiting until the season's over and just get lots of games back to back I know we had to do it this season because of Covid and I know you can't do it when there's like European trophies on the go or stuff like that but I like the idea of like the season was over and it was all European football all the biggest games you can think of back to back like I just love this whole Champions League has probably been my favourite Champions League format we've ever had I wouldn't disagree with anything you've said there mate I do think the logistics of it do make it a little bit more difficult yeah. given the unique circumstances we found ourselves in this year but what I would like to see is given what we've mentioned before with the congested seasons ahead that we do have something like that if this, say, for instance, if we can work out finishing a season like a week or two early, then having this packed month or a couple of weeks where we have amazing European football, because then it does feel like that national tournament feel that you get where you kind of get excited to see teams that you would never really watch play. And I, I did love that, and it really did allow me to get into these competitions like I never have before. Usually I'd watch maybe like Barcelona or Real Madrid play and of course I'd watch whatever game Liverpool was playing but that would be about it. I am similar. I would only really watch a game if I knew it was going to be a be a massive game whereas this has sort of forced me like I'm missing football so bad for my team so this is a quite good substitute. If it's on TV like it has been but now where it's the only football on telly it's, the ratings are going to be absolutely astronomical which I can imagine the ratings have been for this. So I think it may be something to look into. Like you say, the logistics of it doesn't overly make sense, but if it's what the people want, <laughs> they should make it happen. That's it, man. That is it. And it was two brilliant finals, so very close together. Four brilliant teams that really gave it their all. And one final thing, just a little fact to end off the podcast for any of you that have made it this far. 
quite a coincidence over the weekend. We had Sevilla, as I've mentioned, they won the Europa League tournament for a record six times. Exactly the same amount of times that Bayern Munich have now won the Champions League. So six and six. So on that note, I think you've rounded that off pretty well there. That's that's a nice little stat end. I wish you told me that before because that's what my coupon would have went on. So thanks for that, Jordan. But but yeah, it's been great going through these finals. Not really something I usually do. Even the Europa League, I don't usually want to get both of these in the space of three days. It was great. We want to know what your opinions were. Do you agree with us at all? Did you call this expertly unlike anybody else did? Did you know it was going to be like this? We want to hear from you, as always. It's always the same social media. And that is through our Instagram, which is mojo underscore sports pod. Our Twitter, which is at mojo sports pod. And we've also got our Facebook page for engagement as well. And that's if you just search Mo and Joe sports podcast, we'll be, we'll be there with our little logo. Get in touch with us. We always want to hear your opinions your feedback and just to see if we did a good job really Jordan absolutely and feedback is king anything you think we missed from the game anything you want to let us know about those are the platforms to get us on anything else that you may find interesting as well do hit us up we have some more exciting podcasts coming to you this week as well in the space of I think the next five or so days so it is going to be a good week for the podcast again we're giving you more of us after a the break that we too so please do listen like comment and subscribe to our podcast as well whatever platform you listen to yeah absolutely that is quite important whatever podcast provider you're on helps with how many stars you think we deserve and just share as well absolutely so thank you again from me and martin and i hope you have a good week see you later bye